Hi friends, who's ready to grow? Are you? I know I am. Today we're talking to an expert on sales and on business growth, and he's gonna get rid of all that inside BS that's holding you back. That's right, we're gonna do a brain cleanse with Don Markland, and if you don't know who Don is, he's the CEO and owner of Accountability Now. That's right, we're gonna hold you accountable, but don't be scared, because Don does this all the time, and he takes people just like you who are entrepreneurs, business leaders, sales professionals, and he helps them supercharge their success by helping you hold yourself accountable. You see, Don has over 20 years of experience in the world of sales, marketing, leadership, and business growth. And he spent time in the startup world as an owner and chief operating officer for a company called Launch Leads. And it was a marketing startup in Salt Lake City, Utah. He helped them achieve record performance in both client and revenue growth and he was named to Utah Business Magazine's top 40 under 40 for leading business executives in the entire state. Prior to launch leads, Don spent the previous 12 years with Focus Services, helping them grow from 7 million to over 45 million and into four different countries in under five years. He was also Chief Revenue Officer for Money Solvers, a private equity financial services company where he led the nationally recognized company of over 350 employees. He spearheaded radical growth of, this is the radical growth of Money Solver, where, where they become the nationally recognized and largest tax resolution digital marketing financial services company in the U.S. Listen, Don knows his stuff. He's going to teach us about accountability. So please join me in welcoming Don Marklin to the Inside BS Show. Don, welcome. Thanks for joining me here today. It's great to have you. Hey, thank you so much for having me on, Dave. All right. So, Don, let's talk about accountability. How, how and why, after all that experience, how and why did you come to focus on this topic of accountability and how, how, why is it so essential for our success? Well, you know, and I appreciate, you know, you're in your preamble talking about my history because years ago when I was at that call center company focus you know, I found myself in my mid-20s. I was about 65 pounds heavier than I am now. I was loving Taco Bell, that fine establishment. And I never saw my wife and kids. I was had no concept of work-life balance. And I was struggling. And I didn't understand why I wasn't getting ahead. What I really lacked was, and everybody loves to throw that buzzword around, I lacked clarity. And what clarity came to me was in this concept of the word accountability. Mm. And it wasn't just with me, it was with my employees and my teams and with my business. And accountability is the glue that ties commitment to results. And in this very selfish way, I created my own personal program, which is the four C's of accountability. But as I created it for myself, I decided right then and there, I'm gonna be more accountable to what I say I'm gonna do. And as I did that, amazing thing, things started to happen in my life. I lost weight. I started to see my wife, and holy cow, she started to like the thinner me, which was so good for me. Um, but I also started to have better work-life, what I call work-life harmony, because there's no such thing as work-life balance for entrepreneurs, right? It's not about that. It's about things working together. Right. My business grew. 
My employees started to do better. All these things improved. And so that's what accountability really became. It became the first domino. It became the linchpin towards all future success. If you can't do what you say you're going to do, then why in the heck are you trying anything else? It starts right there. Okay, so uh, accountability, the word itself probably scares a lot of people, right? Why should we not be afraid of that? Why should we embrace the fact that we're going to, we're going to hold ourselves to the commitment we made just to ourselves? Why, why should we embrace that versus fear it? Good question, because accountability is always positive. And this is where it gets this weird kind of perception of, oh, it's a, I'm going to hold you accountable. You have to be accountable for the good things in your life and the negative things, right? When you kick butt, right? When you have a great podcast, right? You should be accountable for that. Great job. You did great things and be accountable for that. And when you make mistakes, be accountable for that. Being held accountable is for everything that you do. It's for the deliberate decisions that you make. People, for some reason, only want to be held accountable when you screw up mm. and you think that it's a manager coming down holding somebody accountable. That's that's not accountability. Accountability is for all the decisions that you make being held accountable for those things. And that's why it's always positive. And that's the mindset you want to have for it. All right, Don, take us through the four C's of accountability. What are the four C's? And uh, walk us through step-by-step step how we can use them in our business, in our careers, in our lives. Now, I'm about to walk you through these. Now, Dave, it's going to change your life. And I'm just going to give you a fair warning. All right, let me brace myself. Hang on. Yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting ready here. Let me put my feet firmly on the ground. I'm sitting up straight. Okay, Don, uh, lay it on me. Hit me with it. Yep. Okay, so the first, the four C's, and it starts with two rules, right? So the first rule of the four C's of accountability is accountability always starts with me. I can't walk in and start pointing at other people. Accountability always starts with myself. The second rule is there are no egos with accountability. Anybody can hold me accountable. If you take the principle of baseball, right? If somebody throws a pitch and I swing and I miss, that's a strike, and it doesn't matter if the uh, umpire calls it a strike or an opposing player calls it a strike or a fan in the stands calls it a strike. A strike is a strike, mm -hmm. and we spend all this time and energy screaming, hey, it's not, it's not your job to say I swung and I missed, or it's not your job to say I suck. Why are you spending all that energy complaining about somebody calling you out? Mm -hmm. You suck, all right? Be thankful that they called you out, right? right? Okay. So there's no egos in accountability. Get over it. You suck. Be thankful that they did it. Those are the first two rules. Mm. Now the four C's. The first C is we critique success. When you do something well, no matter how great it is, before you break your wrist, pat yourself on the back, you critique it. You always try to do better every single time. That stops you from resting on your laurels. You always try to stretch. Always try to get one inch better. You critique your success. The second C is we correct failure. You, Dave, you spent a lot of time talking to entrepreneurs, right? And they struggle with decision-making. They struggle, they, the analysis by uh, paralysis or paralysis by analysis, right. right? They struggle with this. And so you correct failure, learn to get more failure in your life by not punishing it, but by correcting it. When you make these mistakes, find out where you, their decision-making went wrong, correct that, and then move forward. The third thing is you celebrate growth. We, the hardest thing in this life to do 
is to grow and change. When you go to the gym and you work out, the most important rep is the last rep, the one that ripped the muscles, right? That's the most important one. So when you take that 13th rep or whatever, that's the one you celebrate. That's when you start a business. That's the celebration moment, right? That's the thing that you go out and you party and say, I did something that I've never done, right? We don't celebrate success because I expect the Daves of the world to be successful. I'm not going to celebrate you meeting expectations. That builds entitlement. I celebrate the hard choices in life. That's that's celebrate growth. And then the last thing is we crush mediocrity, right? In Florida, that's where I live. We have really big bugs, huge bugs. And these bugs are, they're just everywhere. I don't care how many bug people come and clean my house. They're huge bugs. And when we see these bugs, we crush them with everything we have. Because if I just lightly tap them, they just laugh at me and they call their bug friends and they come and infect my whole house. So you have to crush them with this just mentality of I can't allow them to live. And that's what you have to do with mediocrity in your life. Because chances are you already have a lot of mediocrity in a lot of different areas. And when you identify it, you just have to say, no, I'm done with this. I'm not going to shirk. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to cheat on my diet or I'm not going to have this vice or I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm done. Those four C's with those rules kind of overcompassing it. When you live that every day, you're accountable to your decision making. Everything's deliberate and you know it. And nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect. My wife is. I, I had to say that because she's going to listen. But uh, when you always are accountable to those decisions, you will get better and better and better every single day. Okay. So I, I agree with what you're saying about holding ourselves accountable, but what happens when we're growing and we're learning new things and where we have this trial and error and you mentioned failure in there, how do we, how do we put aside the frustration that comes with stretching ourselves with this new growth and holding ourselves accountable? And we say, look, this is, you know, I'm not, I'm not living up to my potential. I, uh, you know, I'm experiencing some mediocrity here. I deserve better than this. Um, how do we keep on track while we're holding ourselves accountable and not get derailed by this frustration? Because it's easier for us to, to just say, I can't, right? I just can't. Yeah. How do we keep on track? The best thing I, so you mentioned the company that I, uh, my first entrepreneurship journey with launch leads. And so this is fresh after my wife's a cancer survivor. And when she had cancer, I mean, it's brutal, right? She goes through two years of radiation and surgeries and you want to talk about can't. I mean, I felt like, I think I said that word all the time. Mm -hmm. I just didn't know how to deal with anything. And right after there, you know, we jump into this entrepreneurship journey with launch leads, owner, chief operating officer. We had a negative $10,000 run rate. Uh, every month, which means every hour we were open, we were losing money. That is not a business model, by the way, for all the listeners, you should try, mm. right? That is, that is failure <laughs> really quick. And one day I called my wife and I said, this job sucks. This business model sucks. We are losing all of our money every single day. I should go back to what we were doing before where we had money. I'm blowing every bit of money we have. And my wife said to me, are you done complaining? And I said, yeah. And she goes, good. Lucky for you, I didn't marry a loser. You've been complaining about this job for weeks and I'm sick of it. From now on, only call me when you're going to talk about the solutions. Otherwise, you are the problem. Only call me when you're going to talk about the four C's. And she slammed down the phone. And now I did not call her every single day. 
because I didn't have good things to say every single day. But I learned at that moment the value of what you're talking about. Yeah, l- there's going to be plenty of frustration, mm-hmm. but there is value in having what I call now a key accountability partner. And sometimes that's in the form of a coach, right? A hired coach. Sometimes it's a, the value of just somebody in your inner circle of somebody that you pushes you when you can't see, when you've got blinders on and you're stuck in the frustration of, hey, I'm trying, but I'm banging my head against the wall. And my wife at that point acted as my coach. And now I have my own professional coach. His name's Greg. And I spend $25,000 a year on this guy. But everybody needs an accountability partner that pushes them. It's like the spotter in the gym that says, no, 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 no. You've got five more reps. I know you're tired, but go. You're going to keep pushing. And that's what holds you accountable when you think you're done. Okay. So when you're selecting an accountability partner, are you selecting an accountability partner who's an expert in the thing that you're trying to do or an accountability partner who's an expert in you? How do you select an accountability partner? Great question. I actually just spoke about this in another webinar and and they asked the exact same question. And the advice I always give is you should not love your accountability partner. They should not be an extension of you. I do not love Greg. When I get off the phone with Greg, I am typically very frustrated and angry. He is absolutely different than me. I'm a sales and marketing background, and I believe myself to be one of the best salespeople on planet earth. Greg, his background, he's a former Lieutenant Colonel. Um, He's a disciplinarian. I mean, he's as military and gruff as you can get. He is my polar opposite. And your accountability partner should be your yin to your yang, right? There's no reason for me to work with somebody that marries up really nicely to me and makes Mm. me feel really good. They should push me in every uncomfortable way possible. I'm going to quote David Goggins from his book, You Can't Hurt Me. There is no growth in the comfort zone. And your accountability partner should know where you are comfortable and force you there constantly. Okay. So let's talk about growth overall, right? When you're, when you're focusing on growth and accountability, can there, be, can there be growth and accountability in business without growth and accountability in your personal life? So, you know, I, I work with a lot of people and I see them having overwhelming success. In fact, you were, you were in this place. I was in this place. I had overwhelming success in business, yet my personal life was a disaster zone, right? Divorced, overweight, uh, you know, all kinds of challenges, making more money than I could possibly spend because I was spending all my waking hours working. So, you know, there really was no time to spend any money, no time to enjoy it. Can you have accountability in one area of your life without having accountability in other areas of your life? Um, I, you can, but let me say it very clearly so everybody understands. Um, success is, first of all, success is how you define it. Success is not a dollar amount, right? So I can define success however I want to define it. I can say success is a ledger amount in a bank account, and I can just go try to make as much money as possible. But eventually, all of those things will catch up. And you will, and you dealt with this, I'm sure, just like I did, where I was just you know, working and working and working until I sat in that training room and I realized after I just finished a chalupa and I said, this is no longer what I thought success was. This right. is misery. Right. And I, the stories are, you know, you know, book, books long 
stacks long of people saying, I thought I knew what success was until I realized it wasn't. Steve Jobs' biography is a perfect example of that exact thing on a grander scale. So you can have success as you currently define it, but it, it'll eventually catch up to you until you realize, hey, maybe I didn't know what it was. Now, on that point, it's very easy for people at the end of the journey to look back and tell other people, hey, you need to have everything. You need to focus on your family. You need to focus on everything. And I hear that all the time from pe- like these guru people to say to people starting out, focus on your family and focus on all these things when they didn't at the beginning of their career. And it's very frustrating for you know 20-year-olds to say, oh, I'm trying to create a whole balanced life, but I'm getting outworked by people working 20 hours a day. It's hard. And so I respect that. You need to put in a lot of hours in the early parts of your career. You need to out hustle. You need to get up early, put in long hours and do it. And that's why I teach. It is not about work-life balance. Get rid of that phrase. There's no such thing. It is about work-life harmony. My children are involved in my business. My young daughter, you know what she does? She helps manage my social media. Mm-hmm. So on Saturday, she's 16 years old. Saturday mornings, we go through my social media calendar because that gets me one-on-one time with my daughter. My son, he's 17 years old. We do lead gen together. We go through my leads and we plan it out how we're going to work on it together. My uh, 13-year-old, he knows about LinkedIn strategies and we talk about how to use LinkedIn and LinkedIn video together. That allows me to do one-on-one time with my kids in my business. So it's not about balance. That's gone. That's gone. That left in the 90s. It's about harmony, connecting the family with the way we have to hustle to win. Yeah. You you know, one of the things that I talk to my clients about all the time is, all right, if you if you're really dedicated to what you're doing and you enjoy it and you can uh, you can make family members or people that you care about a part of that it's going to work out better for you in the long run because there'll be, there'll be less resistance. There'll be people won't be butting heads and resentful of you when you're working. If you involve them in that, I, my family's involved in my business too. Even if they're just involved in the periphery and you're just having discussions with them, if you can make them feel a part of it, you can reduce a lot of the conflict in your life around this. Hey, you know, we need to take time for work and time for family all the successful people I know have that blurred line, right? Where there's, where they're, you know, maybe, maybe they take an hour and a half out for dinner and family time to relax, but then they go right back to work afterwards. They involve their kids in the event that they're doing Their Their kids are taking tickets at the door or they're doing something to be involved in the business just as a way to keep the family together. And the pandemic has really helped us with that. You know, you're, right. you're, you're stuck at home. Well, you're stuck at home with your family. So you might as well get them involved because you're, you still, need to make money and you got to get them, you know, you got to get activity uh, involved. You got to get activity introduced in their life in some way. The activity might as well be productive. So let's talk a little bit about managing your, managing your feelings and your expectations. So accountability implies that there's going to be activity. And I could say, Hey, listen, I'm, I'm five, nine, I'm 53 years old. Uh, I'm going to hold myself accountable for being a great basketball player and I'm going to go out and I'm going to try and dunk every day. You know what? That's not that's not realistic. It's not going to happen for me. Those days those days have passed. I probably never had the ability to do that, but it's I definitely haven't had the ability to do that in the last 35 years. So 
let's talk about setting realistic goals, realistic expectations, and then holding ourselves accountable for the activity to achieve those. Where does goal setting come into this whole process? Uh, thank you. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm a big, you know, obviously I'm a big uh, fan of goal setting and I believe people should, I'm not a big fan of what's called smart goal setting. I know people use smart goals. Um, and the reason why I discourage smart goals is because I see so many entrepreneurs set very small attainable goals because of the fear of discouragement when they miss. Mm. And, and I don't know if I can say this, the number one thing, cause I don't want to, you know, say this is a scientific study or something, but I see so many of the, my clients and entrepreneurs that I work with fail because of small thinking. They don't set big enough goals. They think, oh, well, if we can just do 125,000 next year, that'd be really great. And their market, I mean, just shows they could do half a million or a million, but they're just, they're just thinking so small because they're so scared of failing. And I'm going to quote, you know, Grant Cardone here in his book, 10X Rule, where he talks about if you would just set a bigger goal and think bigger and be okay with falling short, but adjust your thinking accordingly, right? If you set a $10 million goal, but fell short, you know, a $10 million goal falling short, you'll, you'll come at you know 2 million or 3 million. It's okay. But we don't give ourselves that mindset, right? And so from a goal perspective to all come all the way back and answer your question, I encourage people to number one, set big goals. They should still be realistic, right? A 53 year old shouldn't say, Hey, I can dunk a basketball if you know, it's physically impossible, but you should set a realistic goal. That's hard. That is obtainable, but that should be really, uh, that should be really big and inspiring. I tell people set goals that wake you up in the morning that when you write down, I take this from Grant Cardone that you should write down your goals every day and they should wake you up. I write down my goals every morning and they just get me up and get me excited, but they are big and monstrous and exciting. But then there's a difference of what's called your targets. Your targets are your daily repeatable activities that change all the time in order to achieve your goals. Okay. So, well, the first step then is for us to sit down and determine what our big goals are going to be and then create smaller targets. And then how do we, are we planning out activity and that's what we hold ourselves accountable for? What are we, we're, at, we're, we're, we're not actually holding ourselves accountable for the goals. It's the activity that will lead to the goals, right? So we have that's to plan right. out the activity. How does that work? Exactly. Okay. So I'll, I'll use a metaphor like darts. Okay. So let's say Dave, you and I decided to go to a club or a bar or something to play darts. Mm -hmm. Okay. The goal is Dave and Don, we, you want to beat me at darts. Okay, that is the goal, and that goal doesn't change. We do not change our goals once it's set. But if we're playing darts, and if you're familiar with darts, right, as the game progresses, the throws are going to change, right? Initially, it's triple 20s. I'm trying to get that or bullseye or something all the time. But as the game gets tighter and tighter, you're going to now try to be very precise with the type of throws that you're trying to get. In the end, you're going to try to possibly throw a 5 or a 13 or something, right? That's how achieving goals happens. At the very beginning, hey, I'm trying to write a New York Times bestseller. That is my goal. And I'm writing that down every day. New York Times bestseller every day, no matter what. Well, at the very beginning, hey, my goal or my daily targets, I'm going to write 500 words every single day. Boom. 
I'm accountable to that. And every day, did I do it? Did I do it? Did I do it? And you're holding yourself accountable. Then once that's done, now my target's going to change. Okay. Refine those. Okay. Now it's find an editor. Boom. Now it's re rework the draft every day. And now it's start to send it out. I got to make 300 cold calls to publishers to try to get them. And all those targets change, but my goal never changes. Mm. It will never change. My goal is still the same. New York times bestseller. And I write that down every morning and I never lose focus on my goal, but my targets are sure going to change as I achieve my goal until I throw that final number five and I beat Dave at darts. Okay. All right. So let's, let's focus now on, you, you mentioned something about, you know, every day and that focused repetitious activity. One of the things that I've found that has helped me is you can't, I, I, the philosophy that you can't commit just a little. So like I've never been successful at doing something once a week. If I'm going to do it, I have to do it every day and I have to almost make it an obsession right? So when I decided that I was going to get serious after four years of fiddling around with a podcast, I said, look, I'm going to do this every day. And my only expectation is that at the end of 365 days throughout the course of the year, I'll have, you know, probably 350, 350 individual podcasts that I would have done given, you know, given the fact that, hey, listen, 15 days stuff happens and the internet goes down or we have a hurricane and, you know, I'm, I'm not able to do a show for a week or something like that. But my commitment is doing a show, producing a show, getting a show up online every single day and then I'll worry about the the things that I think will come from that show down the road. So that was that was my commitment and I can easily hold myself accountable because I wake up in the morning and if a show didn't go up at 4 a.m. I know I didn't upload one the night before, right? So very easy to do. Every day makes it super simple. Should we have one thing that's like our, like Charles Dewey called it a keystone habit? Should we have one thing where we prove this concept of personal accountability to ourselves? And then once we prove to ourselves, I can do this, I can commit to something, I can hold myself accountable. Once, we once we we're convinced that we've done this everyday thing for 30 days, then we layer in two or three more. So it's sort of like a proof of concept to yourself. Is that, you know, does that make sense? Or do you commit to five things at once? And if three of them stick, okay. How, what is your counsel on that? I, I couldn't agree with you more. It's actually um, something that I, wholeheartedly believe in. It's one of the things that I talk about with my clients. It's called, if you're going to do something, if, if anything's worth doing, it's worth doing every single day, right? And um, not to do a self-plug here, but it's one of the reasons why I've got my own online course and I've made it so cheap for people. It's, you know, it's only $7 a month on purpose because I want people to have access to do daily trainings on accountability. Uh, so you can just do a little three-minute video if you can do that every day, you'll build the habit of, okay, I'm training myself, I'm training myself. And it's something I do every day because you, you never reach the mountaintop in training yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Greatness doesn't come without training. And so it's that mindset of if I can do this every single day and do something, I mean, I, I've, I've used the metaphor of breathing. The only thing that they use to gauge whether or not a person is alive is breathing. It's the first thing that they acknowledge when we're born. And then when we, it's the one thing they acknowledge when we pass away, this person stopped breathing. And that's the only thing we do every day. Mm -hmm. It's the only thing they acknowledge, right? It's just breathing. 
And so in my mindset, it's about that's what acknowledges whether or not we, this is a habit. Is it, Do we do it every single day? And to your point, that's what accountability is all about. Am I doing it every day? And if you are, then it's set inside your heart. It's set inside your mind as a part of you. Couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. So, and, and that I came to that realization. I, I've, I've started and stopped a whole bunch of different things and the podcast was one of them, but I came to that realization during an interview I was doing, uh, last year during the pandemic, I was interviewing a good friend of mine who's a highly successful lawyer, runs a law firm that I've worked with over the years and has had exponential growth. And I said to him, Brett, how do you stay in shape? I mean, you know, I've known you for 12 years your, your, your weight never fluctuates. You're always, you know, he goes he, he, during, when there's not a pandemic, he flies all over the world and runs in marathons. He does triathlons. He's a, you know, he's a fantastic athlete. And I said to him, Brett, how, how do you stay in such great shape? And he said, the one thing I'm inflexible on is exercise. He said, there are days when, you know, there's some days when I don't go to the office because I have to do things with my kids. There are, there, you know, we, we may be on vacation, even on vacation. I always have an hour where I run or I do CrossFit. He said, every day I exercise and I'm inflexible on that. My day does not start until I've accomplished my exercise goals. He said, there are some days when I got to be at court at 8.30 in the morning. He's like, I get up at four in the morning and I run. So I do not have any flexibility when it comes to exercise. That's how I make sure I stay in, in the shape that I'm in. Is it the same thing with us in business? Should we, should we build our day around this thing that we're holding ourselves accountable for? Yeah, that is called, that's the all in, that's, and that is the all in mentality. That's a fanatical mentality around accountability. And, um, it, I, your friend is is spot on with, uh, and I, whatever your mentality is, whatever your linchpin kind of value is, um, you go committed to it. And I do the same thing with what I call my morning routine, right? And my morning routine, there are three parts of it. Mine, I wish it was working out, okay? But mine doesn't involve working out. But mine has to do with writing my goals. You heard me mention that. I do not start my day if I haven't written my goals. I'm a religious person, so I do some uh, some piece of that, and I also write in my journal. And those three things, I can't think of a morning where I've missed those three elements. I mean, God, I've got a journal entry going back, uh, 15 years, mm -hmm. like every morning. And sometimes it's things just like, man, I'm tired. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I'm I'm tired this day. You know, this weekend's been tough, right? Something. Right. But it is, I've written down my goals and, you know, I think about my, you know, writing down my goals. I started do, writing down my goals back when I was at launch leads. And my first goal I ever wrote down was I want to be a Ford's contributor. Mm -hmm. That was the first goal I wrote down. And that single goal set me on a path where I started sending Forbes an article a month. And I wrote Forbes an article a month for six straight years until they brought me on. Six mm. straight years, I sent them an article, and they never once told me, thank you, you stink. They just didn't tell me anything. And then after six straight years, almost 44,000 words, they finally said, hey, we think we'll, we, we, you know, we saw this one. Would you come on board, right, for six years? But every morning, I was like, I am a Forbes contributor. I am a Forbes contributor. That's what I kept writing down, all because I wrote down my goals every morning, did some uh, holy writ study, and I would uh, write in my journal. 
All right, Don. So if people want to get involved with you, what's the best way for them to get involved with you? Go to accountabilitynow.net and get the free ebook. Yeah. Uh, how do you prefer people you get involved? To, yeah, there's two There's two really uh, strong ways. Thank you, Dave. First thing is go to accountabilitynow.net. You can get your own free ebook where that'll give you the four C's of accountability. You can also on there sign up for the uh, Accountability Now course. It's again, $7 a month. There's no better way to master accountability than practice it every day. We get updated content every week. We have guest speakers that put content into there. So uh, uh, people are doing that for themselves and for their businesses and their families. We have people putting their kids on there that are just <laughs> telling their kids, stop watching WandaVision, just start doing that every single morning, okay? So that's a great thing. Also, I'm on uh, Twitter, at Don Markland, and uh, Instagram, executivecoach.don. So you can do all those places. And Dave, thank you for letting me be a part of this. What you're doing is great. It's just a, a straightforward program for people. I love this. All right, you listening out there, drop the chalupa and go to accountabilitynow.net. Stop eating the Taco Bell or have the Taco Bell just once a week. Don't go to the drive-thru. Go to accountabilitynow.net. Get your free ebook. Listen, we could all use a little bit more accountability in our lives. And the, with the accountability, here's the beauty of it, okay? Don't look at it as something you have to do. Look at it as something you want to do because you want more success in your life. You want more fun. You want more joy. If you want more money, that's great too. But how about more time with your family, more quality time? All those things are possible with accountability. Join Don Markland at accountabilitynow.net. Get your free ebook. And think about it, if you wanted to sign up for the $7 a day course, $7 a day, that's like a chalupa, a Coke, and maybe, maybe some fries. All you gotta do is drop the chalupa, go to accountabilitynow.net, get your free ebook, and give the course a shot. A little accountability in your life, it's a very, very good thing. My guest today was Don Marklin. This is the Inside BS Show. We're taking you inside business strategy, sharing all the insider business secrets with you. We're cutting through the inside BS that's holding you back. Join us right back here again tomorrow. Until then, my name is Dave Lorenzo, and here's hoping you make a great living and live a great life.